Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning into the Social Work Journal. I'm your host, Del Tom, and today we are going to talk about value. Now, I know usually at the end of our season, we talk about some kind of fun topic and we do it with a friend. We have Friend Fridays, but this season, we're actually not going to do a Friend Friday. I thought it might be kind of fun for us to have a casual conversation about value because it can mean so much to so many different people in so many different ways. Now, I do think that oftentimes when we think about value, we think about it in sort of a monetary way rather than something that enriches our lives or betters our experience. When I think about times where someone really brought value to me, or when I felt like I was bringing value to someone or something else, it usually encompassed me showcasing or providing some kind of talent or gift that enriched someone else's experience, or maybe it bettered my life in a way as well. You know, the simple definition of value is the regard that something is held to deserve. So what does something deserve? What is it worth? Is it useful? And I've had so many interesting experiences with others in my life that I look back and I say, wow, you know, I really value that person or I really value what that person brought to me. And it could be something as simple as, for instance, my podcast covers that I use for each episode. I met this really nice young lady who makes podcast covers and I met her on LinkedIn and she was like, you know, I'm just trying to get my business going. I make podcast covers. I charge a reasonable price and I just wanted to support her business. I really didn't know much about her work. I just figured, why not? Why not support her business? And it turns out that to this day, I still use those podcast covers. And you might be thinking, well, what's the big deal? What's a podcast cover? But to me, it meant so much more because it made my life simpler. It made it easier for me to do a task that's related to my podcast that really doesn't have anything to do with my area expertise or my talent. You know, my talent is more so discussing these topics and exploring life experiences and sharing them with you all. That's more my area as a licensed clinical social worker. I'm not an artist, at least not in the visual sense. So every time I release an episode and I upload the cover for that episode, I just think about her and I'm like, wow, all these months later, I think it's almost been a year, I still feel the value in what she brought to me. And I think more so than anything, I was able to connect with someone who was trying to discover themselves as a professional and as an independent business person, just as I am here with this podcast. But I want to get into what values can be tied to. So I think oftentimes our values are tied to our beliefs and our culture but it can be individualized. But let's get into values when they're tied into beliefs. For example, you know, if you value honesty because the religion that you practice maybe teaches that honesty is a virtue and so you should be honest and dishonesty is not something that you should engage in because it's wrong, then perhaps you want to continue to engage in honesty. Now, why might that be? I think 
morality is oftentimes governed by rewards and consequences. You know, we've talked about this many times. You guys know I'm a true blue behaviorist and we talk about cognitive behavioral therapy and we also talk about classical conditioning and operant conditioning. But it is true. Our rewards and our consequences oftentimes will mediate our behavior. So I can't help but to think that our values are oftentimes mediated by the rewards and the consequences that we get. So for instance, if dishonesty was something that was admonished in your household when you were a child, perhaps as an adult, you really pride yourself on being honest, especially if you were praised for being honest when you were a child. So you start to associate honesty with something that is good and dishonesty with something that is bad. And if I'm honest, then people will acknowledge that I'm honest and they'll acknowledge that I'm good. And if I'm dishonest, then I may get admonished and I may be seen as bad. So you're mediated by those rewards and those consequences. But I also think that values can be tied to rewards in a way that may hinder us in finding the value in ourselves. So for instance, if you were rewarded many times as a child and even as an adult for being selfless, let's say people are constantly giving you rewards for being selfless and they say to you, oh my goodness, I don't know what I would do without you. You're so reliable. Thank you so much. You know, I really appreciate how you're always there for me. That makes you feel good. And so in getting those rewards for being selfless and getting it frequently, you may start to value that more than you value your own time and what you invest in yourself. And so I think this is how Something like selflessness and valuing selflessness can hold us back from seeing our own true value. I'll give you a personal story. I actually, as a kid, was always praised for being such a good listener. Like my friends, when I was in high school, they used to say, you should be a psychologist. You're such a good listener. And they would say, I feel like I can tell you anything not all of my friends, but just some of my friends. Maybe I should say more like acquaintances. Well, what that taught me was it's good to be a listener. And so I found myself listening to people's stories, whether they're happy, they're sad, whatever's going on in their life. They're just sharing it with me, almost like word vomit. And I'm just listening and being understanding and reflecting with them. But what would happen is it's the relationship started to become one-sided. And I found myself always being on the listening end and them always being on the sharing end. So it wasn't a mutually beneficial relationship. So I understood the value that I gave to them. But what was the value that I was receiving from that experience with them? That was something I began to understand that I could not identify. And so as I grew older, the way that I mediated that was, believe it or not, through rewards and consequences. So for me, the consequence of stress and 
the reward of alleviating stress and being more productive and actualizing some of my own goals helped me shift my values. So am I still a listener? Of course I am. I mean, goodness gracious, I'm a therapist. (laughs) I listen to people for a living and get paid to do it. But I value my time and I set boundaries and parameters. Even with clients sometimes. I had a session and I had a client who, you know, we were concluding the session. I said, okay, we'll stop there. We'll begin again the following week. And the client kept wanting to proceed to go into more stories, more details. And I had to stop the client and say, I really appreciate what you're sharing, but we're going to conclude it for this week and we will meet again next week. Hold that thought. Maybe you want to do an exercise on your own and write it down so you don't forget. I had to set that boundary because I valued my time. You know, I love helping people in my heart. I know that I'm truly a person who values and enjoys accommodating people to a degree. But I also value my own time, my own life, my own schedule, my own aspirations. I have things that I want to see come to fruition and I value myself enough to invest time into myself just like I invest time into others. And so it just reminds me of this article that I was reading on medium.com. The question that they pose and it's actually in the title is why you don't value yourself ways you can overcome it. And one of the things that they mention in this article as to why people don't value themselves is they may struggle with self-esteem. So why would somebody struggle with self-esteem? If you don't think very highly of yourself, oftentimes, even though in the title it says self-esteem, we get our self-esteem from others. That's what we learn from attachment theory if you checked out the season one, episode one, attachment. So if you had a parent that was highly critical or a parent that didn't meet your needs, you may grow older to have lower self-esteem because if constantly someone is pointing out the negative about you rather than pointing out what's positive about you so that you kind of have a balance between the two, I mean, That's hence the term constructive criticism. Constructive criticism is good. You know, I don't, when I give criticism, I always like to highlight the positives and then suggest some areas where the person could improve, right? So maybe, for instance, I have a toddler. I might say to my toddler, you know, I really like that you asked for that snack, but I told you you could not have it until after dinner. So when I told you you couldn't have it, I need you to listen and accept what I'm saying to kind of let my toddler know you did something great by asking, but this tantrum is not okay. But I don't want to criticize my toddler for having a tantrum because that's part of being a toddler. She's young and she doesn't really know how to negotiate. That's something that she's learning. She doesn't really have the cognitive skills that we have as we grow and get older and we 
are able to regulate our emotions a little bit better, she's more impulsive. And we all know that the amygdala does not fully develop until we're 25. So to some degree, if you're under 25, you're impulsive. You're you're still learning that self-regulation piece. But I digress. Some other reasons why they mention in this article that people may not value themselves is they lack healthy boundaries. Now, I don't know how many of you have been in situations, whether it was a friendship or romantic relationship, or maybe a relationship with your family or your parents, where your boundaries were never respected, or you never learned to establish boundaries because someone was always violating those boundaries. So if you've ever been told that what you have to say doesn't matter, or if you were raised to be blindly obedient and you could never have conversations or discussions with your parents, you never really learned how to set healthy boundaries with others. Or if you had a friendship, like the friendships I described earlier, where people were just telling you their life story, good, bad, ugly, and it was just like word bombing. And you're just sitting there taking it all in. And they never really asked you about you or respected the fact that maybe you would not want to hear about all that. These are ways that people don't respect our boundaries. And when we get taught that by taking these things, and not speaking up for ourselves is virtuous or it's good or somehow it makes us a great person. It disintegrates our boundaries and we're not able to establish those boundaries. So this is something to think about. Now, there was a point in this article and I never thought of this, but it makes total sense is that sometimes people may not value themselves because they're controlling. Now, you wouldn't think that a person who's controlling would not value themselves. But I think that makes sense because if you're a controlling person and you feel that you need to manipulate people all the time in order for things to be calm, in order for things to go well, then what it demonstrates is that you don't trust yourself and that you don't trust others. And you can't have a healthy relationship in which you value yourself and you understand how great you are if you can't trust that someone will do well by you without you manipulating them. And also, it shows that you don't trust yourself because it's almost like you're telling yourself, I have to manipulate people in order for people to treat me well because I may not be good enough. I may not measure up. Because if you really felt good about yourself, you wouldn't reflect your identity so much into how people treat you. Your identity would be a reflection of your understanding of yourself. And in having that, you would value yourself no matter how someone else treats you or reacts to you. So I just want to say that what that truly reminds me of, it's almost like I used to have some students who whenever they would 
get upset or get into an argument with someone and that person would yell at them. They would have this huge reaction. And I would say to them, why did you react that way? Why did you have this huge reaction to someone yelling at you? And it always came back to me as this person yelled at me because they don't respect me. Or this person yelled at me because they think that I'm a pushover. And I said, why do you make someone else's behavior about you? Their behavior is about them. It has nothing to do with you. And once you can separate the two, then you can truly see your value and the way that you will approach that person will be different. I had a similar situation like that. And this is kind of a way that I maintained my own sense of value. So I had a situation with some colleagues where I felt like they weren't respecting my boundaries. And all of a sudden, this colleague kind of went over my head and spoke about some things with people that they shouldn't have that were above me. And I just told myself, wow, this person lacks professionalism. Now, if I didn't see my own value and I made that person's behavior about myself rather than making that person's behavior about them, I could have told myself, oh, this person went over my head to try to manipulate a situation because they don't respect me rather than seeing that this person went over my head because whatever situation they have going on, they don't feel like they're in control. And so they're trying to control and manipulate the situation so that they can feel better. So in actuality, there's a lack of value that they have within themselves and their ability to see themselves as that respected colleague amongst others. Because if they saw themselves as a respectable colleague, would they have to manipulate like that in order to get the outcome that they wanted? Or could they have not just come directly to me and had a conversation? That's how I maintain my own personal value. I don't make other people's behavior about me. You treat me bad, that's you. That's not because I encouraged you to treat me bad, but I can't change or control the way you treat me. But what I can change and control is how I spend my time with you. Maybe I want to remove myself from your presence. Maybe if there's situations where I can avoid interacting with you, that's what I'll do because I value myself. Oh, I know this person is going to behave this way towards me. I don't like it. So guess what? I'm not going to interact with them. There are people in my family that I don't talk to. And I've gotten flack from other family members saying, oh, I can't believe that you don't talk to this person. And I say, you know what? Family or not, I don't like the way this person treats me. And so if you don't treat me the way I like to be treated, I don't have to be around you. And that's how I value myself. That's how I see my own worth because I know what I deserve and how I should be treated. I can never control the situations and the people and the things around me, but I can control myself and I can control what I subject myself to. This is kind of a short podcast today, but I just want to leave you with this. 
Take the time out to actualize what you bring. What are your individual talents? What makes you great? And what do people get out of experiences with you? And when you truly sit down and have that conversation with yourself, then you ask yourself, what is it that I want to move forward when I engage with others? And when I'm maneuvering through different environments in your life, whether it's your work, whether it's with your family, whether it's with your friends, what experience do I want? What do I want to establish or accomplish within that time, within those experiences? And know that you are worthy of having all of those things that you desire. And that's when you will truly actualize your value. It was a pleasure speaking with you all. I love these conversations that we have. If you have questions, comments, suggestions for the podcast, and even if you want to share your personal stories, please email me at thesocialworkjournal at gmail.com. And this is the last episode for this season. But until we meet again, I want to say have a good evening and take care. Bye-bye.